Jim Watson is in my basement. Ladies and gentlemen, the mayor of this great city, Jim Watson. You're listening to the Mark Hatfield Podcast. You want to go fight some crime? Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be here. Yeah, this, this is a very impressive setup you have here. <laughs> I'm looking around. You have an Olympic torch yeah. and a firefighter's helmet. Yeah, I've done it all. all I, what cool do they say? Uh, jack of all trades, master of none. none. <laughs> <laughs> That's the history, the story of my life <laughs> and the story of your life. Let's get right to it. Where sure. uh, born and raised in? Uh, born in Montreal, raised in La Chute, Quebec, okay. which is uh, near Mirabelle, yeah. and lived there for... Uh, until grade nine, till I was 16. And then uh, my father was transferred to Montreal. So we moved to Montreal, Beaconsfield on the West Island. So your father was in the military? No, no, he was a chemical engineer. So oh, his okay. company moved him uh, around and then was there for about a year and then uh, moved to Toronto and then to Sarnia and then came to Ottawa to go to university. So I went to four high schools in five years. Oh, wow, that's fun. <laughs> how did that, going to four high schools in four years, how, that must have had some kind of effect on, uh, on you on, on growing up. Well, yeah, you don't you don't establish a lot of roots or friends, unfortunately, when you're there for just a year or a year and a half. But uh, you know, it uh, it took me out of my shell because I had to yeah. end up uh, being a little more, um, uh, you know, uh, open in terms of as opposed to being a recluse. You know, I was pretty yeah. shy as a kid, and you know, when you move around a lot, you've got to make friends quick. Right. <laughs> so then you must have been involved in the school. Uh, Students Council and that sort of thing? Uh, you know, I ended up, I wanted to be a journalist, so I, I, I did stuff like in Toronto and Thornhill. I, I hosted a cable TV show uh, called Youth Viewpoint. Okay. And then when I moved to Sarnia, I started working for the weekly newspaper, the Sarnia Gazette. Yeah. And uh, that was sort of my outlet because I think the, the challenge in, in uh, high school was, you know, I knew I probably wasn't going to be there that long, so you end up, you know, don't wanting to commit to something mm-hmm. Uh, or run for something. Oh, I see. So I never, right. I, never I, I think in, in Beaconsfield, in Montreal, I ran for uh, student council, and I, I won that election. And then about six months later, I had to resign because my father was trying to get I guess it would be hard to get the votes, right? I mean, high school especially, it's a popularity contest, and it's, uh, you know, you have to know everybody. And yeah, so I was, I was quite fortunate. I, I ended up winning that uh, election because I'd only been in the school, I think, three or four months. Do you have brothers or sisters? Uh, one sister, yeah. Jane, and uh, she's... Works at the National Arts Center. She's the CEO of the foundation there that raises money for the arts. Oh, nice. Older, younger? A uh, year and a bit older. Year and a bit older. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, when did the uh, the politics start? I mean, I, I know you were the youngest youngest mayor in the history of yep. Ottawa. Yeah, the first time I was mayor back in mm-hmm. the '90s. Uh, it started, I guess, um, when I was at Carleton. I ran for president of the Residents Association. Okay. And uh, that was back in 1982. I was lucky enough to win that, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I lived in residence, and it was uh, a great organization. You know, had hired about a hundred part-time people. We ran a bar on campus. We had a newspaper, a store, an arcade, all around the, the mm-hmm. residence um, buildings at Carleton. So that was my first time, really, in sort of any um, significant election. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got a job up on the hill after I graduated, working for an MP. Uh, I, I wanted to be a journalist, but there weren't a lot of journalism jobs back mm-hmm. then because a few years before the three major papers in Canada uh, closed, the Montreal Star, the Ottawa Journal, and um, the Winnipeg uh, Tribune. 
So I uh, got a job on the Hill and worked my way up to become eventually Director of Communications for the Speaker mm-hmm. of the House, which was a great job. It was a very nonpartisan job mm-hmm. in a very political environment being the House of Commons. Who is the Speaker? Uh, I worked for two, John Bosley, who was okay. the last appointed Speaker, and John Fraser, who was the first elected Speaker. Oh, so you have to be elected now? Is that Yeah, oh, by okay. the MPs. By the MPs. Yeah, it used to be the Prime Minister would appoint the Speaker. So up until that point... Um, like major obstacles you had to overcome? Anything you can, uh, like, what is it that uh, sort of pointed you in the direction that you're going right now? Well, you've been very uh, successful. I mean, we'll get to the how you're successful in a minute, but, like, usually it's by overcoming things that we learn to, to be successful. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, uh, quite happy as a, a staff member on the Hill, mm-hmm. but I always, uh, you know, had interested at one point, you know, I don't know when that was of, of getting elected. Um, you know, my parents were not uh, political at all, although I found out after the fact, uh, after both my grandparent, both my grandfathers were municipal councillors in their small towns. And you didn't two. know that? I didn't know that, no. <laughs> um, so, and I didn't know that about my um, my first grandfather, my grandfather on my mother's side, yeah. uh, I'd never met. He passed away before I was born. Yeah. And the grandfather on my father's side, um, I knew him, but I didn't know he was elected until um, my father passed away, and we found some old newspaper clippings and obituaries in, in his papers. So uh, back in ninety, uh, back in eighty nine, I actually bought my first house. So mm-hmm. when you rent, even though you pay property taxes, you don't see a property tax bill because it's part of your rent, and the landlord pays mm-hmm. it. So when you get uh, a property tax bill, all of a sudden you start paying more attention to. <laughs> yeah. uh, what goes I, I told on my mom home. that Jim, Wa- or my mom, I told my my wife that Jim Watson was coming over to do a podcast. She went, "Shit, did we pay the taxes?" <laughs> <laughs> I was well, like, I'll oh, check I on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so that was you know back, um, you know when, when you know I thought I had a pretty modest house in Old Ottawa South, and mm-hmm. uh, it was I thought a, a pretty big tax bill for a small place. So um, I started following municipal politics a lot more. And it was interesting because I think most people thought, oh, he'll run federally because he's working up on the Hill. But in fact, I I started becoming more and more fascinated with what was going on at the city. And in fact, that's where a lot of the decisions that affect people on a daily basis take place. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember it was someone told me a, a couple of years ago, they said if, you know, if the federal government disappeared overnight, you might notice it in six months. The provincial government, maybe three months. Yeah. Uh, the city government would be three days. I mean, mm-hmm. My garbage hasn't been picked up. The pool isn't open. You know, the yeah. street hasn't been plowed, and so on. So it, it has a much more immediate impact mm-hmm. on people. And so uh, I was, you know, following through the media what was going on at city hall. wasn't pleased with uh, some of the expenditures at, at regional headquarters. We used to have regional government back then, mm-hmm. and just decided I would um, run for um, office. And, and I wasn't particularly impressed with the councillor who was representing my ward, Capital mm-hmm. Ward, and got a group of friends together, and uh, we laid out a campaign, started fundraising, and mm-hmm. uh, I was fortunate enough to be elected that first time. So that's the that's the point where it all started, sort of uh, like a, a tax, uh, a ta- we have a tax bill to that's thank for this. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. It's fu- it's amazing where you can find your, uh, your inspiration and little things that sort of change the course of your life. And so after being a, a, a city councillor, you I did that two terms, and, okay. and I said that I would either move up and run for mayor or move out. I didn't mm-hmm. want to sort of be someone who was a city councillor for, you know, 30 years. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's not good for the person. It's not good for the ward. It's not good for the, mm-hmm. the system to have someone who's been there 
doing basically the same job for for too long. Mm-hmm. So in '97, I ran for mayor, and mm-hmm. one of my campaign platforms was I wanted to see the cities amalgamate. Mm-hmm. Um, that was relatively popular in Ottawa, not popular at all, obviously in Nepean and in, in mm-hmm. Canada. But I thought there's just too much duplication. We had you know 11 city clerks and 11, 10 fire chiefs and or yeah. nine fire chiefs because. Uh, contracted to Rockcliffe and, and Vanier. Uh, and it was just too much duplication, and we were competing all the time. I was trying to attract business to Ottawa, and then the mayor of Gloucester was trying to attract right. business to Gloucester, which is just across the street from so, Ottawa. So you were the mayor during amalgamation? Is yeah. that? Oh, okay, wow. That's a huge yeah. undertaking. Well, I, I was the mayor that when amalgamation was announced, yeah. and then uh, the actual amalgamation took place at uh, uh, the next election, the 2000 uh, election yeah. was when amalgamation took Okay. And how, how did they determine that Ottawa was going to be, like, whoever was mayor of Ottawa? Oh, so the, the election happened after amalgamation, and that and that was for... Yeah, I was the last mayor of the old city of Ottawa, okay. and then Bob Shirelli became the first mayor of the new city of Ottawa oh, I see. back in 2000. Yeah. So the provincial government, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, imposed it um, on us because... If it was left to the local politicians, we'd never. Most of them would not vote for amalgamation because mm-hmm. it would mean eliminating your job. Yeah. So uh, there were ten municipalities, and they all had their own councils: Rockcliffe, Vanier, Cumberland, Canada, and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rural townships had had their own councils. So mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of growing pains. You know, uh, yeah. most of the amalgamation I think has gone quite well. There, there's still some resentment in some pockets of the city, mm-hmm. but I think most people realize that it made sense to have one. City yeah. uh, and, and Gatineau went through the same thing. They emerged mm-hmm. with Hull and Gatineau and Aylmer and mm-hmm. Thurso. And someday we may go the reverse way and realize that we were better off uh, in tribes of a hundred, right? Like, uh, well, I, I'm not <laughs> sure. You know, I think the toothpaste is out of that tube. It'd be yeah. very, very hard. And, and I, you know, I would ask people who are opposed to amalgamation, who live in Nepean or Kanata or Osgood or somewhere. Yeah. I said, you know, when you're on a vacation in a beach on in Florida, and someone says, "Where are you from?" You say, you know. <laughs> Navin, or do yeah. you say, I'm from Ottawa? Yeah. You know, I think most people are proud of the fact that they, they live in the nation's capital. Yeah. Um, we still have some work to do. There's still some resentment in the, some pockets of the rural communities, but that's really diminished. You know, mm-hmm. I think people see the, the advantages of a larger city. You know, mm-hmm. you've got, um, you know, better library service. You know, I, I remember talking to one of the councillors from, from, from Osgood, I think. Uh, you know, we spent more on repairing roads in Osgood than the entire Osgood budget one year. Wow. So, you know, you yeah. have more power yeah. and money to sort of get things done relatively quickly. Yeah, it's funny It's funny because in Canada we do say what city, and if you ask an American where they're from, they'll usually tell you what state they're from, Yeah. right? So, like, I mean, they look on an even, on an even bigger picture than that, for sure. Let's take a little uh, pause in that train of thought and take you back to uh, when you were a, a child and the things that you you like dreamed of. I know when I was a kid, I, I dreamed of being a football player, a firefighter, and those are the things that sort of, those dreams have guided my life, strangely <laughs> enough, as you can see. <laughs> they've, <laughs> they've both come true. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what, what kind of things did you see yourself doing when you were a child and you were... Well, I, um, I wanted to um, be a firefighter. Our neighbor in Lachute was yeah. the uh, fire chief, the volunteer fire department fire chief, so I thought, you know, he would bring us down to the fire station and yeah. look around the vehicles and so on. But I, I got fascinated with the printing industry, and I always wanted to be a printer. Yeah. So I actually bought some printing equipment, used okay. printing equipment, yeah. <laughs> and set up a little business in my parents' basement, uh, and I would print business cards and envelopes. I had a letterpress, uh, one of these old... How old are you? <laughs> You're doing this? I was like, uh, I guess, 14. Okay. Wow. 
That's so surprising. you know, and I would make uh, enough money to have spending money. Yeah. And I'd go around door to door to businesses in this small town and yeah. ask them if I could print their stationery and yeah. letterhead and so on. So um, you know, I saw the connection between the printing press and journalism. So I think that's what got me interested yeah. in journalism. Yeah. And as I got a little older and, and more mature, I realized that uh, journalism. Uh, in its purest form, can can really be a great um, agent of change. You can actually use journalism to affect change in a positive way mm-hmm. for your community. And and uh, I had a very brief uh, career aside from working for newspaper weekly newspapers. Um, uh, when I um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a, I, I was at one point the president of the Canadian Tourism Commission, and okay. I. Uh, left there because I was offered a job as a host of um, what was called the New RO at noon. The Noon Show, yeah, That's I remember. Right. <laughs> Very brief because then I went back into yeah. provincial politics or back into provincial politics. And um, it was, uh, I also had a chance to write a column for the citizen on municipal issues at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I, I was wearing a couple of hats in the, the world of journalism. And after, you know, many years of not being in journalism and studying that at Carleton in mm-hmm. the Mass Comm program, I uh, finally had this chance to, you know, be a columnist. And I remember the very first column I wrote, this this gentleman had approached me saying, he, he was trying to get a, uh, a historical plaque across the street from uh, where Igor Gozenko lived, um, who was the spy in the Cold War, okay. the, the Russian who defected. And, and oh, where's that? That's in Ottawa? Well, it's, on, it's across from Dundonald Park okay. um, on Somerset Street downtown. Uh-huh. And this guy had, was fascinated with this guy, Igor Gozenko, who was like a huge news story back in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. He defected, and he actually always wore, when he did interviews, this cloth um, over his head. You mm-hmm. know, I, I hate to say it, it looks like a Ku Klux Klan cloth, mm-hmm. but it was to prevent him from being recognized because he was in hiding because he thought the Russians would <laughs> retaliate because he defected, brought a whole bunch <laughs> of uh, evidence that they were spying on the Canadian government. Yeah. And so that was a very significant historical uh, time in our history. And this gentleman really wanted to honor him. And, and the, the apartment where he lived and hid, basically, was mm-hmm. across the street from, um, from this park. And he had dealings with, you know, uh, at the time, whatever the CIA equivalent, I guess the RCMP back then, yeah. uh, he would deliver information at this park. <laughs> so uh, this guy couldn't get this plaque uh, installed. So yeah. I ended up doing my first column on that, calling a couple of people, gone, I think, to the Deputy Minister of Public Works. And as a result of this front-page story in the Ottawa Citizen, they agreed to put the plaque. So the the plaque is there? The plaque's there. And then uh, the city, I think, added another plaque. So we got two plaques (laughs) side-by-side on Dundonald Park that explain who Igor Gazzetto is. So I saw, you know, just a small taste of, you know, if you you do your research and you're um, fair and objective, you can Mm -hmm. actually affect change. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so being the uh, the noon host of that uh, show, uh, was that something that you, like, once you got to do that, was that something you enjoyed? Was that, uh, or you didn't do it for long? Well, I, I, re- I actually really enjoyed it. They, yeah. they paid me very well, and it was uh, a fun environment. Yeah. And, you know, they saw me as sort of, you know, former mayor as a bit of a, I guess, a celebrity or something, mm-hmm. you know, to, to host the show. Yep. And um, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I found the newspaper had more impact because it, it stayed around, yeah. and, and you know you could, uh, you know, see it the next day. Whereas television is very, you know, you're there and then it's gone the mm-hmm. next day. But uh, you know, they they told us we did well in the ratings. Uh, but um, a couple months into that job, I got asked to run provincially in the in the 2003 provincial election, and okay. and I was torn because I liked what I was doing, but at the same time, I uh, enjoyed politics and 
I was not happy with the previous or the, the current provincial government. They did a lot of things to hurt cities mm -hmm. uh, around the province, downloading and so on. <laughs> so I, I decided to run uh, provincially in the 2003 election in, in Ottawa, West Nepean, and I was fortunate enough to be elected by it's, those folks. It seems to me you've won every election you've ever been in. Is that the case? Yep, knock on wood. I think really? 7-0, and oh, so uh, you can't take anything for granted, though. 7-0, yeah. and oh, and you know, too, how many. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I find, you know, you know, some people remember things based on important dates in their, their yeah. lives, like their wedding. That's right. I remember, you know, what was happening when I was elected, you know, and really? municipally and provincially. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's... Uh, of being a politician you remember so you remember what, those elections and you know where your head, headquarters was and yeah what the issues were who your opponents were what the all candidates debates were all about do you have dates other than uh sort of winning elections that you remember in your life because on our podcast we often it's funny you should say that talk about the dates that you look back at and and if, <clears throat> if we don't know we're going into conversation i'll ask that question because those are sort of the the connectors that connect us to where we've gotten to yeah, you know, you know, obviously you remember birthdays, although sometimes, you know, I forget <laughs> family members' birthdays. My yeah. sister has to remind me of that. But, um, you know, I remember, like, you know, where were you when 9-11, the plane yeah. struck? I was the, the, the head of the Canadian Tourism Commission at that mm -hmm. time, and we were in a board meeting or uh, in our boardroom, and, and it was pretty evident right away that this was going to have a massive impact on the tourism industry, you mm -hmm. know, people's fear of flying and yeah. airspace restricted and so on. So, you know, there, there are dates like that. I remember... You know, man walking on the moon. We mm -hmm. were in uh, Cape Cod, my family and I, yeah. on a holiday, and we're watching, you know, the, the coverage in a restaurant. Yeah. But what are the what are the Jim Watson dates? Like, I remember the day I met my wife, the day I got uh, signed my first contract, the day my brother passed away, the day uh, I, I got hired at the fire department. That those sort of things. Like, what are the, what are your dates that you can? You well, can... you know, I think. Similar in the sense that, you know, when, when someone's passed away, like mm -hmm. my parents, uh, both parents have passed away in the last couple of years. Oh, you remember sorry, those yeah. uh, those dates and, mm -hmm. you know, the circumstances around them. Mm -hmm. um, but aside from that, I, I think I have so many other things to remember. I don't have a lot of <laughs> brain space to remember too many other, other dates. Yeah. So 7-0, and oh, um, obviously we have something to learn from that kind of success. And everybody we, we speak to, um, you know, Jim Watson, greatest mayor ever. It's amazing. It, the whole bit, how, like, what can we attribute that success to? If we had to break it down into, say, three steps for the Jim Watson, three steps to getting elected for anything. Uh, I guess a couple of things. You know, I, I used to always be critical of, of politicians that would disappear after an election. You never see them. And I, I call them leap year politicians. <laughs> Every four years they show up and they're knocking on your door asking for a vote. Yeah. And um, that came true when I was running in, for city council in 1991 in Capital Ward, which included Carleton University. Mm -hmm. And I remember very clearly, you know, um, as a student there in 1980, you know, there was an election the, mm -hmm. the, the, the fall of that year. And I uh, saw these candidates running around knocking on doors in residence because it was sort of a, there was a polling station there. It was sort of, you know, uh, easy pickings, I guess, for politicians. Let's just go and knock on doors and tell them I've done a great job and, yeah. and so on. So, uh, you know, the, the two years later, because back then their elections were every two years, the same politicians came back, and I, you know, I, I was the president of the Residents Association. I said, "Where have you been? Oh, working very hard. Well, yeah. What have you done for Carleton?" You know, they couldn't name anything they yeah. did for Carleton. So uh, I, you know, made a point uh, after my first election that, and I've done it ever since. Ever since for the last uh, seven elections, the day after the election mm -hmm. uh, is over, uh, I go and have lunch at Carleton in residence. 
And people are always saying, why are you here? You won the election. I said, that's exactly why I'm here. Yeah. I don't want to sort of, you know, it's my little sort of symbolic gesture to say, you know what, I'm not going to disappear yeah. into the bowels of City Hall or Queen's Park. So still, like, when yeah. you get elected, you go back to Carleton, and, and yeah. do they know you're coming, or is it still? No, I, I usually, what I'll do is I'll call the Residents Association yeah. and say, you know, uh, can I join you at your table for lunch in, <laughs> in the, cap, the ResCom Yeah, oh, that's cafeteria. cool. So, it, it, you know, it's my own little, you know, Virtually no one knows about. It. I think the citizen came one year and, and took a picture. But yeah. you know, it's my little sort of message that to myself and to the community. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be one of these you know absentee uh, politicians. So you know, I actually go out uh, canvassing mm-hmm. on a regular basis. I was out on uh, a couple of nights ago in Orleans, mm-hmm. and uh, it's you know it's good exercise. It's therapeutic. People yeah. are often surprised, saying, "Why are you here? There's no election." I said, "That's exactly why I'm here. It's finding out what's." So sometimes you just go door to door and. Yeah. Wow. And have a little fridge magnet and a, a flyer with uh, important phone numbers and hand it to people. If they're not there, I just leave them a note at the, the mailbox. You must and I think that's one of the reasons why I've, you know, it's kept me grounded. You know, yeah. you can get pretty, um, you know, a week doesn't go by where I don't get invited to one or two international conferences. Or, you know, you could be spending all your night at, at embassies having fancy dinners. You yeah. know, I, I tend to politely decline a lot of those yeah. and uh, spend more time going to you know the rural fairs or going to church bazaars or things like that where people can see you and you're not sort of in this what my, my one of my old bosses used to call splendid isolation you can't sort of be often you know in this mm-hmm. nice big office and you get you know all these perks yeah. uh, because it, it you know, that's not the real world that we're living in. Yeah, I think that is a, trip, a trickle-down effect, too, on the counselors because you see them doing a similar thing, too, right, in their ward. They're always out. If not their ward, they're with another counselor somewhere else. And you, too, obviously. Okay, yeah. so that's one sort of, like, visibility. Be out there. Don't be a stranger. Often people are like, you know, um, when we're, we're trying to achieve something, they're just so worried about the actual plan that they don't end up doing anything, right? And I'm just like, just start doing something, right? And you'll figure it out as you go, so. Well, I think the other thing is, you know, we need more politicians to actually keep their word. You mm-hmm. know, they'll promise the world and then not be able to deliver it. And I think I've learned over the years from all political spectrums, you know, uh, we too often in, in politics uh, over-promise and under-deliver. Mm-hmm. And my motto in the office is, you know, uh, under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you go out in the campaign, don't promise the world. Like, you know, it's like, I'm going to freeze your taxes but give you the full range of services. Mm-hmm. That's just being dishonest. You yeah. know you can't do it unless you're going to slash, you know, hundreds or thousands of positions in the, in the city to mm-hmm. get a tax freeze. Everything goes up. I wish it didn't. But, mm-hmm. you know, I set a tax cap, for instance, of 2%. Mm-hmm. And every year I've kept that. Um, and yet you have other people who will go out promise you know uh, something so vague you don't know what they they really are standing for mm-hmm. and i find that a lot of candidates don't really do an, enough homework in terms of well don't go and make some promise that you know that you can't keep and mm-hmm. then when it fails if you get elected you say well i'm only one vote around the council table well you know i'm one vote too and yeah. i'm able to get through my agenda because mm-hmm. i work with counselors and i work with the community mm-hmm. but you also have to realize you can't be the bearer of good news all the time you know every once in a while you've got to bite the bullet and tell someone, you know, I'm sorry, we cannot support this project. It may mm-hmm. be worthy. It may be your big number one priority, but we don't have the money for it. Mm-hmm. And I think I get more respect from people who at least um, understand I'm being blunt with them, mm-hmm. you know, maybe sometimes too blunt on Twitter or yeah. <laughs> or some other social media. But the reality is I'd rather be upfront with someone and tell them, 
you know, I'm not going to go and support this as opposed to give them some false hope that's that right. a meeting. Well, that's a great idea. Let me look into that. <laughs> I'll tell you if I'm not going to support it to your face yeah. because I think you at least deserve that honest approach. Yeah. That, I mean, it is the age of information, right? And we give people the honest and real information, then I think that that looks a lot better in the long run. That's number, that's number one on our Jim Watson's three-step plan to success. <laughs> number two would be... Well, no, the, the one was keeping in touch. Number two okay, would keep be being realistic and honest okay, in your yeah. promises. Yeah. Um, number three, you know, try your best to work well with others because yeah. it, it, unlike the federal and provincial system, municipally, uh, it's not a party system. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad it's not a party system. I, I, I think you want to have councillors and a mayor who's independent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my job as mayor is to work with members of council and try to garner a consensus or a coalition of a majority of people to get the budget through to get the LRT plan mm-hmm. uh, through and so on and, I, and we've had great success with the exception of one year I think in seven years uh, every budget is passed unanimously our mm-hmm. LRT plan is passed unanimously because I work with our councillors I have great staff members in my office that, that liaise with council there's you know some councillors that you're never going to see eye to eye on uh, ideologically but you know after every vote move on don't you know hold a grudge and mm-hmm. be bitter and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you have to be upfront with members of council. If you're not going to support them on an issue, it's the same with the public. Don't sort of lead them down the garden path. Mm-hmm. So uh, that w- that one was labeled what? That was get to uh, be f- work well with work others. well with others. That's a good one for sure. <laughs> work well with others. So you seem to have mastered this, uh, this, this, you know, political thing, getting reelected. Are there other dreams, goals, things that you, uh, outside of the political realm or in a different level of politics that you're, no, setting your you sights know, I've, on? I've had the benefit of working in all three. You know, mm-hmm. I was a staff member on the Hill, uh, not, yeah. not elected, obviously, as provincial minister um, at Queen's Park and, and mayor and councillor. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I announced um, a couple of months ago that I would run next election. Okay. And, and then people said, what about after that? I said, well, ask me after the next yeah. election. It's a little presumptuous of me to just assume I'm going to get elected. I'm going to have to work hard. <laughs> yeah, and, right. Uh, I've, I've always maintained, you know, you, you figure – you know, if you're 20 points behind in the polls, you know, take that attitude because we can. It's pretty easy to become complacent. And, mm-hmm. You know, people say, "Oh, you're doing a good job." You know, no one's going to run against you. That's well, right. someone always runs against you know the mayor. I think like in Edmonton, there's like 20 people running. The first time in the new city in, 19, in 2010, there were 20 candidates running for mayor. The mm-hmm. you know, last time, I think there were five or six. So, what does it cost to to run for mayor? Like without advertising and all that sort of stuff. Like, is there a fee you pay? Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, for mayor. It might be two or five hundred dollars, oh, yeah. but it's. Uh, I think you get back. The, the rules change, so I'm not entirely sure the exact amount. But, mm-hmm. but the you know it, it's fairly expensive. Like this is a large piece of geography. It's 2,700 square kilometers. Mm-hmm. Ottawa is, and I have a map in my office where I show uh, visitors who are to the city. We've superimposed the cities of Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. Toronto and Montreal, mm-hmm. all those cities fit within the boundaries of mm-hmm. Ottawa and were still bigger by 100 square kilometers. Wow. So, um, you know, last election, I think I spent some, uh, something like $400,000. And then the previous election, it was closer to $600,000. So it's a, it's a, a big undertaking. Yeah. And uh, I think big. if you're going to be serious, you've got to, uh, you know, you don't want politics to be a rich person's game. But, you know, unless you're a millionaire and you can self-finance your campaign, which I'm not, you yeah. have to go out and fundraise. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's you know that's a challenge because it, you don't have the generous tax benefit that they do provincially or federally. I don't I don't support that. I think you know uh, 
you shouldn't get a tax benefit for, for political donations, but that's a federal and provincial decision. Okay, so you're going to be mayor again, or run for mayor again, sorry, and but like outside of politics, what what does Jim Watson do for fun that's not, like sort of a, something, something you have to set your sights on and you have to work towards? Well, you know, I sound like a bit of a loser, but I actually <laughs> enjoy uh, going to things in the community. Yeah. I have this great uh, advantage of being invited to a lot of, of things, um, you know, to... Uh, everything from you know some of our 2017 celebrations to uh, you know things like the Grey Cup and so on. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I do is is really quite enjoyable. I don't yeah. you know, consider it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going out to different community uh, barbecues and picnics and so on, I enjoy that. You get to yeah. meet new people, re, you know, reestablish old friendships and so on. You know, when I have some time off, um, I like to go see movies. You mm-hmm. know, I haven't been for a while, but you know, I, I enjoy going to see. Um, you know, any kind of adventure, drama, yeah. uh, movie. Um, I cycle, but not, I haven't done that much because I broke my pelvis a couple oh, of years yeah, ago right. with a snowmobile accident. <laughs> That's uh, dangerous but things, I right? started back up again uh, That's right. this summer because I live near the Ottawa River in the West End. Okay. And it's just a, you know, a five-minute bike ride to the pathway system. And we're really fortunate in Ottawa to have some great pathways. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, and, you know, when I can, you know, I, I try to be a better uh, family member. I know when my parents were uh, getting older and had some health challenges, I mm-hmm. tried to, you know, visit them a couple of times a week. And then I have two nieces and try to keep in touch with them. One's now living in New York and one's uh, here in school in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, the challenge I have is I don't have a lot of downtime because yeah. I, you know, have this inability to say no when someone says, well, why don't you come to this thing? Yeah. Well, sure. And sometimes I'll get this, you know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of things on Friday nights or Sunday nights. I mm-hmm. just, Friday nights because you've been working all five days and then you got to work Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday in, in many ways are, are busier days than, than weekdays because all the community events yeah. are there. And I, I enjoy going to those, but if you're at an event on a Friday night and then you have to start the next morning at sort of 7.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you know, you need your battery to be recharged a little bit. And Sunday nights, it's just sort of, you like to be able to, you know, I used to watch Desperate Housewives. <laughs> a couple of friends would come over, we'd watch Desperate Housewives yeah. when it was on, so su- Sunday was our, our, our I have no idea night. what that show is, but it oh, just sounds funny. It was funny. a very funny show. It was a very funny show. Oh, yeah. it's, it's been off the air for a couple of years. Well, Jim Watson, man of the people, uh, super successful. He's uh, given us his three steps for success. I uh, thank you very much for doing this. I uh, appreciate My you pleasure. coming in, Thank man. you very much. And nice to see you. Take care. Awesome. Welcome back. That was a real trip, having the mayor of this great city in my basement. Great guy, great politician, uh, you know, truly is a man of the people. Just gets things done, very, you know, very successful. Shared his three steps for winning any election. Thanks again to Jim Watson for stopping by my basement. Uh, This Friday night, October 20th, is the beginning of Mark Hatfield's Friday night at Yuck Yucks on Elgin Street. Come on by and uh, check us out. 7 p.m. start. Until next week, stay cool.